You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome to episode 93 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Paselli, and with me are Suze Gilbert. Hi, everyone. And Vicki Stokes. Hi. And we should have recorded the last hour we were chatting because that was the podcast. <laughs> we do this all the time. All the time. Yeah, we do. We have to, we, we've learned now to stop talking and say, no, wait a minute, save that for the show. Save it for the show. We try. We try. So what we're going to talk about today is our thoughts about Swift Playground and some follow-up with iOS 10 and the new MacBook. And when we talk about these, uh, the second half of the show, we have some uh, listener feedback that we'd like to share. So as far as Swift Playground, what did you think of it, Suze? I enjoyed it, actually. I really did. I think it's very clever. I think it's, of course, it's... Um, uh, pushed for, you know, children, I would say not small, well, maybe small children, but I would think more of the tween um, age group and maybe, maybe teenagers. But what it allows you to do is to get your feet wet with coding. And I think the format that they used as far as uh, you have this little world or this little cubic world that you can, um, you know, uh, push around in, in 3D and you have this little <clears throat> character called Byte and even though um, you have to make Byte do certain tasks around this little cubed world some of them are as you get going with it some of them are quite complex so I like the fact that they they offer you know simple um, tasks to begin with and then varying in complexity uh, with the challenges and they make it fun I think they do a great job in, in keeping you entertained um, my son who is a software engineer I had trouble I had trouble with this one line of code and they give you the code already I mean so even though there's a keyboard you can type in what you want for, for later coding um, they do give you the commands are already there. So if you need to turn left or turn right, and it's just how you place those commands to make Byte move around in this world correctly to, to accomplish a task. But he didn't realize it was so fun. He said, actually, this is, this is really cool. And I said, it is. You know, so I think for, I think for adults, it would, I think it's, it's kind of interesting because it, you learn how to do their swift coding, which, you know, you're, you're actually um, writing real code and then you can export it if you really get proficient at this you can export say for instance like a prototype app in this in swift playgrounds and then export it on iCloud go into Xcode on your Mac <coughs> clean it up and polish it so it gets you to think like a coder and I think that's really important for kids especially living right now and um, I think it's wonderful for all age groups and you know girls and and boys I just think it's I think it's a terrific little thing that Apple has done um, I think it's also very clever of them because you're having all these kids you know learn Swift uh, how to how to uh, make code in Swift playgrounds so you know Apple's going to keep propagating little Apple coders. 
but I, I think it's a, I think it's great for teachers too. I think it's a great resource for teachers. What did you think of it? I, I enjoyed it actually. The first thing I thought of when I was starting playing with it a little bit is where was this in 2007? Yeah. <laughs> I went back to school and I took Java programming and thought I was going to lose my mind <laughs> because the thing with coding is you have to be a logical person and I am not a logical person. That's something I know about me. I have no logic. And when you're doing code, you have a problem to solve. Right. And what you're supposed to do, at least what we were taught, is write down the steps. You know, I have to do this, then I have to do this, then I have to get it to do this, so that ultimately it gives me the answer. Well, I just jump right in with both feet, which is not what you're supposed to do, but I would do. And what I liked about this is that it was so visual that you could write two or three lines, run it, you would see Byte take the steps, either turn right, turn left, move forward, jump, whatever the case may be. And if it wasn't working, you could look at, the, you could look at your little cube and say, oh, okay, I made him take three steps. He should have only taken two. Exactly. Yes. And then go back and delete. Yeah. Or if he was supposed to take three and you only put two, add another step, run it. Okay, so far, so good. Now let me add a couple more lines. Run it. Okay, so far, so good. The one thing I wish it did is give you an answer. Only one time did it ever say, here's the solution. So I wish it would give you an answer or have some sort of... Um, they do have a hint. They have, they have hint. hints. There was one that got me stuck. I know I did it correctly, and it, I was getting all the gems. Everything was working, but it wasn't giving me that, that little green check mark to say, yep, you did it. So when not you figure out... Well, you got an error, and well, I, I should say that I don't have my um, iPad or iOS device, so I couldn't really uh, play around with it. Um, but when you got an error, did it, um, could you click on it and then it tell you what the error is? No, no. no. What, well, let's, let's say you were supposed to take two steps forward and make a left. And you said three steps forward and then make a left. It just... It wouldn't do what you expect it to do. So you yeah, normally know that it was wrong. You, you, you get some, oh, well, logically, it, um, there wasn't an error. You just didn't, um, well, you, 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 you took see, more steps than it should have taken. Right, it's, because you have a goal. Yeah. You have to toggle lights on yeah. and off. Yeah. You have to jump up and catch gems. So okay. if you took too many steps and then you said jump to catch the gem and the gem isn't above your head, you know it's wrong. But the one thing... It ended up that what I the that one uh, the one game that I was could not fix you know could not figure out. I finally figured it. I did finally figure it out. It was I didn't turn. I didn't toggle a light on and off, and that's mm-hmm. why it didn't give me the finish. And once I went back and fixed that and ran it again, it said, "Yay, you're done." I'm like, okay, that was what the problem was. But I wish they had have given me a solution, so I could have seen that was what my mistake was. Yeah. But see, I'm glad they didn't because it made me figure it out. I mean, I don't like when I have a solution. That's what irritates me about games sometimes is they're too easy to give you a solution. I like the fact that this was totally in my control. And I wanted to type in, like, turn left. And I'm thinking, why? Okay, if I turn him right, he's going to go off here. So what do I have to do? And it makes you do critical thinking. It really brings out critical thinking skills. And then, oh, now if I did, if I move him two over, then turn, okay, I got it. So no, I thought it was actually, 
I, I really like the fact they didn't make it easy for you. No, no, no. I don't mean solve that. It. I, mean, I, I was going over it again and again and again. And <laughs> Me again. too. And I, and I deleted, <laughs> I deleted all my code and I started again. I just wish there was some sort of preference or some sort of switch that I could toggle on off. Say, okay, now tell me. I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've, I cannot think of anything. Well, see, now I t- brought him to my me. mistake where I thought the code was wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think, okay, I I'll bring him. And I, I erased, it's very easy to erase the code. Because, again, you can cherry pick what commands you're going to select. But then it made me think, okay, now I got him to this spot. I have to have him jump over this and then catch them. So how am I going to do that? I, I don't know. I I thought it was challenging. And I'm thinking if I was a kid, wow, this, I mean, as an adult, I'm challenged. Granted, I'm not a coder, but um, I thought it was interesting how they did that because, you know, you, you are able to erase and add anything you want as far as code. And then I haven't gotten, I know they have a second one, you know, there's a little bit more complex, but this was just the first one. I thought it was challenging. Yeah. Well, I haven't gotten, all the way through. I've only done about maybe seven or eight of them so far. But there are things like nested patterns and for loops and mm-hmm. if then and else and and where yeah. and looping and Logic, things like that. Yeah. These are all yeah, yeah, these are all things, you know, they've got the logical operators like not this or that or things like that in the while loops. Mm-hmm. Um, then they talk about algorithms. These are all things that we did when I did Java. My first semester, I did my classes online. My first semester, every other Tuesday, I was up at the college because the college is about six miles away from me. I was up with the teacher saying, please help me. I have absolutely no idea what this is talking about. And then the second semester, I took it it, um, at the school. I took a three-hour class like every Thursday night or something, and I still didn't understand it. But the good thing about the Swift Playground is that you have that visual you can see what happens when you say turn left, you see bite turn left. Mm-hmm. And when you see, you know, do this or do that, you see him doing it. It makes so much more sense. Yes, yes. Because you can see it instead of just having a bunch of words on your computer screen like I did, I couldn't understand what they meant. Well, you know, the one of the problems with using Java as your first programming language is that you try to learn object-oriented programming. That's where you take objects yes. and they contain data and you write procedures and steps to manipulate that data, what they call methods and stuff like that in object-oriented programming. Um, is that in addition to learning object-oriented programming, which you have to wrap your head around, is that you need to learn how to actually write the procedures or the algorithms, you got to know data structures and um, all kinds of other stuff that is just as complicated. So maybe I wouldn't have taken um, that to be my first programming language, maybe something like Perl or... Um, I didn't have a choice. It yeah. was an associate's degree yeah. and everything is lined out for you. So I, yeah. I, had, I took uh, Java 1 and 2, I took JavaScript and I took Unix. Yeah. Even though wow. Perl is an object-oriented programming, you can still write procedural-like programming programs um, with it. Uh, and it's, and one thing about Swift is that you are learning object-oriented programming in a very safe environment where you're isolated and you can get a feel of how that works. That's the great thing about um, Swift Playground. But there are other, other programming um 
<clears throat> environments that <clears throat> use that interactive kind of um, procedures to teach you how to program. Um, for kids, for kids, Vicky, for anybody. Um, okay. Some of them are not all that successful. Even back when when I was first programming in my first programming language, I learned was Pascal. <laughs> That's telling you something how old I am. They had a bunch of um, programs that you could that you could use for kids or even your as an adult, where you had this object that you were manipulating and you had this. Um, interactive environment that you uh, manipulated to learn how to program. Uh, what's great about Swift also is that um, I've played around with the language just to see how it worked and it doesn't look very much like um, um, Perl and C and um, a bunch of other programming languages that are out there, is that you can actually create it on your Mac and then port it back into your uh, um, your iOS device to see it work. Uh, and then uh, it's using their Xcode, which is their um, interactive development environment. And um, um, that is just so that, you know, you, who wants to um, just try to do the programming on the iPad? Because, you know, uh, it may not be as powerful as. Well, that's what I was saying. That you I was saying you can actually. Um, <clears throat> actually develop a you know like an app if you really wanted to and then bring mm -hmm. it up to xcode and then polish it um because it yeah or, or play around with it on the ipad and then import, import it to your mac to look at it and refine it and then send it back you know yeah. that's actually how you do actually develop prop, uh, apps and things you have some computer that you're doing your work on to develop it but most of the time they have somewhere where they can simulate that ios device which yeah. is something they really need to add on the Mac now for Swift Playground, so you can simulate the device that you're gonna. That's um, a good idea, Vicky. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because I, you know, I didn't when I was in art school. We only learned HTML. <laughs> and, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so it's funny because you know, I I've. See, you know, like my son and everything, you know, you all these, all these programming language, and really, the, if you think about it, they're just languages. So mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that Swift just gives you another language. And like you said, Vicki, if you're serious about it, I think what's going to happen if you get kids or adults beat wet in a very safe environment, like you were saying, on their iPad or uh, learning Swift Playground, then they they may be um, want to learn X, you know, to, to work with Xcode. So mm -hmm. I think I think what Apple has done is is very clever, actually. And I mm -hmm. think you know when you say coding to people, they sometimes look at you cross-eyed because it's intimidating. You know, yeah, it's yeah. code would be intimidator, intimidating for a non-coder. And I think this is just a really interesting format because it's really almost like a game. You're you're yeah, taking yeah. this little character and bringing him, making him do all sorts of commands. And like uh, Lisa was saying, with varying complexity, you know, like yeah. nesting. And you're learning object-oriented programming. Yeah, that's it's, it's very, it's, it was very, very um, clever the way that they mm -hmm. introduced this. And I, th I think it's... I mean, it's got almost five stars in the App Store, too. I think teachers are yeah. really enjoying it, which yeah. which is great. Yeah. Anything makes it easier. What surprised me is this was announced at WWDC in, in uh, June, and everyone was so excited about it. 
And then all of a sudden, nothing. I totally forgot about it, to be honest with you, until I updated my iPad to iOS 10. And then all of a sudden, there was something like, hey, download Swift Playground. I'm like, that's right. I forgot about that. (laughs) I downloaded it when I first um, saw it because I was curious about it. And then I opened it up and I thought, oh, this is interesting. You know, they've, they have, because I remember when they did that um, presentation and I thought that'll, that looks so childish. I would never put it, but actually it's interesting, you know, because, you know, it stumps you every once in a while. Like you were saying, Elisa, it's like, okay, how do I, okay, I'm, something's wrong. So what is wrong? But again, that's critical thinking skills. So that's really good. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, they don't make it easy for, too easy for you. Yeah, and they've got up here tools like you can create a PDF, record a movie, take a picture. They've got a glossary of terms, so if you forget what, for an example, an array is, it's right here listed for you mm-hmm. for what the different definitions are. Um, it's got something on the plus. I'm not really sure how to use this. This might be something that you use um, when you're doing like a custom made game, but it's got switches and functions and protocols, and you can add pictures and documents and. I haven't gotten into that portion yet, but yeah. there's a lot here. And there's also a lot of um, playgrounds that you can download. I only yeah. downloaded the first one, the Learn to Code. But there's also like a place where you can do a custom one mm-hmm. where you choose a template. Yeah, and I imagine you can upload it to the Apple TV or your watch or any other um, iOS device because it says it's for all of those environments, the Mac, the iOS, and the watch, and TV. Yeah, because they have Learn to Code 1, Learn to Code 2. So it's fundamentals of Swift for 1. It's beyond the basics for 2. And then they have challenges that range from beginner intermediate. So, you know, like mm-hmm. rock, paper, scissors, brick breaker. So, you know, running maze, all of those. So I, I'm assuming that they're just going to continue to add more. And I'm curious to see if they'll order like... Um, uh, offer like an advanced, you know, intermediate, uh, right after intermediate. Yeah. But yeah, it's neat. I, I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great way to get your feet wet if you've thought about coding. Yeah. Okay, so the other thing that we wanted to talk about was our feelings about iOS 10. And before we go into that, I do have some feedback I want to share. And this is from our longtime listener, Dorothy Yamamoto. And she is giving us a mini review on two of her purchases. And the first one is Watch Series 2. And she says, I hadn't hadn't considered an Apple Watch purchase because my lifestyle as a retiree didn't require most of its features. However, when some health issues came up for me earlier this year, I thought the health apps such as the heart rate monitoring and emergency alert features of the watch would help me out during my health care. I've been pleased to see... Some of the nurses I've worked with have watches as well. Checking with them, the heart rate monitor is fairly fairly accurate. The breathing app is important for me as it helps control my heart rate when it becomes too elevated. Apple seems committed in health monitoring, so I'm hoping there will be more advances in the health apps. The notifications for email, messages, alarms, date alerts, and timer are nifty features to have on your wrist. And I'm looking forward to using it for Apple Pay transactions like Elisa has enjoyed using. I was really impressed with taking phone calls on the watch. The audio quality was excellent, and my caller said my voice came over clearly. I also tested the watch's auto-unlock feature with my desktop, which I finally updated with macOS Sierra. It works. 
but I don't really need it since I like to keep my desktop Ethernet connected. But I could see how convenient this would be in an office setting or area with other people around when you want to put your screen to sleep and unsleep it with required login. So for her iPhone 7 Plus purchase, she says, I replaced my iPhone 6 Plus with the 7 Plus. I I always preferred the large screen, and with the dual lens system, I didn't hesitate to buy it. Moving to a lightning earphone is actually welcomed. I expect it will perform with no static like the analog ones. I really like the new home button with the taptic feel. It's very responsive. And Touch ID executes with such speed. It's like auto-unlocking your screen. So thank you, Dorothy, yeah, thank for those you, Dorothy. little mini-reviews. Now, both of you have the, do both well, of you have second. the watch? Um, cause you, just a second. We had that feedback from um, the Apple event um, episode we did. Uh, from a uh, mm-hmm. listener named Dale Thorne. I responded to him. This is way back in September. So uh, I'm sorry we didn't uh, mention this. Some of the things they do, this is what he said. Some of the things they do make me feel meh, but still I'm excited. I'm excited about the, AirP- the AirPods. And while it's usually good to have a headphone jack, Losing that old three and a half millimeter port is good long term because it encouraged more Bluetooth use and a small adapter will be available for the old headphones. The double camera will true two by optical zoom, for example, 60 millimeter equivalent, is a great breakthrough, even though it's for the bigger phone. The only serious concern I have for the forward progress of this tech with Apple and the full progress of tech with Apple and other companies has to do with, with control of the internet rather than hardware issues. So thanks, Dale, for your response. And um, what was really was funny because in that Apple event, um, both Alicia and I were going, yeah, just like that. They're about most of it. And we both end up buying um, iPhone 7. So. Anyway. Because we had the trade in, yeah, the trade in. So we, for, but if it wasn't for that, I would still be on my. Actually, I, I didn't even trade my. Oh, I still have my OIOS six plus. Oh no, I traded yeah. mine in. I, I, I didn't have to trade in because because I, you know, could just upgrade to it. I'd like to get back to what Dorothy mentioned about her watch, though, because you both have the watches, correct? <laughs> no, yes, I don't. I I do, because my son wanted to sell his watch because he got the newest and latest greatest fitbit and so i tried it out but i his was the, the 42 it's just a little uh, millimeter it was a little too big for my wrist but I, I i thought the heart rate was interesting i thought a lot of things and oh please don't get mad at me but things were a little counterintuitive for me um for instance the phone i'm thinking well if you know if you you have to have your phone with you you have to be tethered to your phone to do really anything with the watch like for music um, you know, for me, with my um, with my music subscription, you know, I have all my um, music on Apple Music, but I have to have my phone there. So that kind of seemed counterintuitive to me because I tried it out for a couple of days and I thought, no, I think I'm good. But I agree, you know, maybe I just needed the smaller version. Maybe I would have played with it a little bit more because it was irritating me that it was so big for my wrist. So maybe that's why. I don't know. But I did like the activity feature to see how many steps I, <laughs> I did. I'm thinking, surely I've done more. St- I've walked more steps than what they're telling me. Surely I have. <laughs> well, I, I think it was on when I was on Geeky's show ever. I said that if 
when the time as of as of this moment, mm-hmm. when the time comes that this watch dies, I'm not replacing yeah. it. Yeah, it's not accurate. For example, as we've mentioned hundreds of times before, you know, Suze and I, you and I are knitters. And if I sit down right now, let's say my watch is at 3,000 steps, and I sit down and I spend an hour knitting, all of a sudden I'm at 7,000 steps because it's because your hand is moving. Because, uh, so, well, I mean, sometimes I would look down and think, I didn't take this many steps. Yes. And then it finally dawned on me, I'm moving my hands. For example, we're recording right now. So when it's time for me to stand up, I can't. So all I have to do is just move my hand back and forth, and I'm going to get credit for standing. That's interesting you should say that, because when my friends came to visit from Oregon, um, two of them had the Apple Watches, and we went, they wanted to go down to Waco to see Magnolia. I guess that's um, – I'm not a fixer-upper. I don't watch that show, but I guess that's the show from Fixer Upper. They have a big um, storefront called Magnolia. So I brought them down there, and – before we went into Magnolia, we went to this little restaurant and they had beer. And so they had a beer and everything. And then we went out and they said, oh, my gosh, look, at uh, we've walked 14,000 steps. I'm thinking, how could you walk 14,000 <laughs> steps when you've been in a car for an hour and a half <laughs> drinking coffee? And then you we just went into a restaurant and sat down for an hour and you're having beer. Well, now I know. It's because of all those arm movements. Oh, see, I'm wait till I tell them. <laughs> <laughs> Because you can stand still and move your arms. Yeah, and if you're drinking a glass of wine or beer, yeah. heck, you've got your activity right there. Maybe I will get one of those. <laughs> yeah, so I just don't trust the accuracy. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, it should not be doing that. It should be, I mean, it should be you should, actually determining You should put your steps. wrist bra around your ankle then. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> but that's an interesting, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, observation. Yeah, I mean, I think if I had health issues, you know, actual issues where I needed to monitor my heart rate and things like that, it'd be a different story. I did want it because of the uh, activity, so I could say, okay, I'm going to track how often I go to the gym and whatnot. I don't count calories or anything like that. You can use your watch for that. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just too much of a hassle for me yeah. personally um, to, to input all that kind of information. So... When the watch goes, I may end up buying a Fitbit. I don't really know. Yeah, I don't. Because I, I had a Fitbit prior to this. So, well, you know, I'll worry about it when the time comes. But um, it's just not, I don't know, it's just not a big deal for me. Yeah. Well, I know you both like your sevens. But I have to say, you know, I need to backtrack a little bit for a minute, um, Elisa, because the last podcast – you know, after the Apple event, we were talking about the MacBook Pro, and I I was very, very excited about it. I thought, this is, you know, great. I really like the touch bar. I like the fact that it has Touch ID. But, you know, after the euphoria um, wore off a little bit, I started doing some research on it. And I'm actually very upset and very um, disappointed in Apple because – with the with the MacBook Pro, and I don't know if, if either of you had planned on purchasing one, the price, I think the price point is really ridiculous. I don't care about how thin it is, but when I, I, when I research a little bit more about um, what they used as far as the chipsets, they did not use, you know, 
I think the nomenclature, because it's MacBook Pro, you know, P-R-O after it, you know, which you would think would be slated for professionals or geared for professionals, they didn't use some of the newer chipsets in it. For example, like the NVIDIA Pascal chip was supposed to be, that's the, that lays the groundwork for laptop gaming. And supposedly that's a huge step forward. And you would think that for a graphic card they would use that they did not um and the new intel chips which are supposed to be 10 times more efficient for per- performance per watt they didn't use that either um they took away the sd slots for the camera cards and they did not include an adapter for you know any type of adapter for that then because of the backlash when people started realizing that with the thunderbolt three ports that you know, you have to have adapters to use them. They slash prices on the, their LG monitors and their accessories. But even still, if you think about that for a second with all the dongles that you perhaps might need, they have a power adapter that gives you the main plug, but it doesn't include the USB-C cable. So you're paying, that's an extra $19. So if you want to get a power adapter... For the 13-inch, it's $69. For the 15-inch, it's $79. You get the power adapter, you get the main plug, but you don't get the cable. You have to pay an extra $20. So I'm just not really impressed with this. I don't really want to have to go out and buy hundreds of dollars worth of of dongles to use with the MacBook Pro when you're paying so much for a laptop. You know, another thing that I don't like is that they're treating the Mac like they treat the phone when they just add these little cute little features and not really doing anything about the processing speed. The, yes. The display. I mean, they're minor changes. When you expect, how many years has it been since they've done some major update to the MacBook Pro and all they did was add this little interactive bar at the bottom? Um, I expect that from the iPhone and my iPad, but not a a laptop or computer that you can be using to do productivity work. I mean, it's a nice to have, but none of that is necessary for me. I'm not upgrading my mid-2014 for that. No, that's not worth it. I like the fact that I think the touch bar, for because for, peop- for people like me that go back and forth between apps a lot, um, for instance, like Photoshop, and then, you know, if I want to bring it into a black and white app, that touch bar actually is is appealing to me only because it has um, it's it's intuitive and it has all the the major commands right there that you want. I like that. I, you know, they felt they needed to take away the function key. Okay, they took away the function key. I mean, that's fine. I don't. I mean, I, I can live without that. But what I can't live without, and when you're paying that much for a price point, is the potential. Um, to have it, uh, I just lost my word, um, you know, to be antiquated quite so quickly. If, I mean, you would think that with that price point, they would be using the NVIDIA graphics card. They would have the KB Lake chip from Intel. They would be using all the, the most powerful things in that. So it's not obs- ob- obsolescence. Thank you. I just remembered that. Thank you, brain. Um, mm-hmm. That it won't go into obsolescence so quickly. Because when you're paying that much money, who wants to turn around two or three years from now and have to... Up- and I know people do that, but still... 
I'm very disappointed in Apple as far as I, I don't know why they increased the price for that. I, I would have rather had a heavier laptop that had better graphics and like you were saying, Vicki, um, better processing power and um, performance power rather than have uh, a lighter MacBook Pro because they already have the, you know, the air for that. They don't have mm-hmm. to make it lighter, you know, yeah. than the air or, compa- or comparable with the air. But they do have to have a professional, um, they're, if they're trying to have their core users or their power users, which are their professionals, then they need to a- appeal to them by having, you know, the latest and the greatest chipsets. And I, yeah. I was disappointed with that. I don't think I'm going to get it. Um, I, yeah. I, I just, I've, I, I just think paying that much money for a laptop that might be obsolete in a couple of years is just is just too much. It's just too much. And to have to buy dongles, hunt, you know, lots of dongles, uh, that doesn't appeal to me either, actually. I think they really had a, a misstep with this. I, I don't know. I don't know why they did this. And, you know, Apple usually is on the on the curve. You know, they're always on the forefront of the curve. But I don't know. I'm. I, there's been such a big backlash over this too. I think maybe they made a, a big misstep with this, a rare misstep. I've been saying for a long time that I don't care about thinner or lighter. Yes, I agree. You're taking, I would rather have that extra port if it means it's going to be an extra ounce. So be it. Yeah. And I also said in the last podcast that I would have liked them to have, because there are four ports, maybe make two USB-C and two the USB that we're used to, the USB-A, so that we can slowly transition yeah. over so we don't have to run out and buy those Absolutely. dongles. Absolutely. And I have been vindicated. I was watching Mac Voices earlier this week, and Ted Landau was on. He is a uh, well-known writer in the Mac world. Uh, not Mac world, but, well, he actually he did write for Mac world at one point, but in the Mac atmosphere, you know, um, Community. What's the word I'm looking for? Community. Yes, thank you, dog. <laughs> Community. <laughs> um, and he was saying the same thing that they should have slowly transitioned over the ports. And he doesn't care about thinner or lighter. I'm like, thank you, thank you. I gave for yeah. I gave up on thinner and lighter when I went from my MacBook Air to a MacBook Pro because I wanted power. Right. Um, but that's all they seem to talk about is, and it's you know half a centimeter thinner than it was last time. Who cares? And the other thing, and this 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 irritated me. This really, um, this this made me angry. One of the podcasts I was listening to said something to the effect of, "Well, if you're going to be paying twenty five hundred dollars for the computer, give or take, depending on how you uh, you know get it uh, configured, so what if you have to pay another hundred or two hundred dollars to get some sort of um, dock?" And I'm just thinking, no, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. I know. I, I agree. That is that is so wrong. Mm. Yeah, I mean, people. Well, I think it's wrong that if you're paying seventy seventy bucks or eighty bucks for an adapter and they don't include the cable, you have mm. to pay another twenty dollars, a hundred dollars for the whole thing. What Apple? But how many people are scraping together their nickels mm-hmm. and dimes so that they can afford to buy this new computer 
And then, like you said, now I have to spend another 20 for this adapter. I have to spend 10 for this dongle. Oh, I think I'll just get it uh, a dock instead. Yeah. Sure, that's another $100, $200, depending on what brand and what features that you need. That's a lot of money. Yeah, yes. like you, you said, should Suze, not have to like, do that. Like you said, Suze, in a couple of years, when they come out with another one that was maybe more powerful, you wasted a lot of money because I don't know if that one's going to be that um, – uh, popular in terms of trade-ins or selling yeah. it to somebody. I agree. Um, you know, so, which is the only positive I'm seeing now for owning a Mac is that you can trade it in or sell it um, after a couple of years. Um, but for that one, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even take it if somebody gave it to me. Well, my husband's Windows computer is dying. I mean, believe it or not, it's almost seven years old, which I can't believe. But it's starting to die. And the original plan was he was going to get my MacBook Pro and I was going to get whatever was new. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to end up with another Windows computer Mm -hmm. because I don't want the new one. Not right now, I don't. Yeah. No, I mean, I just think that Apple, if they're going to charge, you know, for so. The way the price point works, if you get the 13-inch with, um, what is it, two two fifty six, it's, um, I can't remember how much it is. I think it's $1,800. If you get the five, if you get the 512 gig, it's, it's, it's like $2,000. So they always have like $1 shorter. And then if you get the 15-inch, it's $2,399 for the 256, and it's, it's $2,800, $2,799 for the 512. You would think with those prices, they'd include an adapter. I mean, if this is, they want everybody to switch over to Thunder, okay, to USB-C, or, then give us an adapter at least. Or I'm, I'm just very upset with that. I think they could have included an adapter. And I think that may have been more palatable for people that are thinking about purchasing it. So at least they don't have to run right out and get an adapter. I mean, especially where you're taking away things. You're taking away the, the USB-A ports. You're taking away... Um, the SD card slot, then, you know, at least make it a little more affordable for people and just throw in an adapter. Come on, Apple. You're one of the most profitable companies in the world. I think they could have at least done that. I'm not happy with it. I'm, the more I researched it, I thought this is just going to be, this is a money sink, you know, to, yeah. to buy it. Yeah. So. I'm a little disappointed. Um, I feel yeah. this is going to be the computer that you buy when you need a computer, not when you want a new computer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some someone out there, and I, 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 and I apologize, I can't remember the reference, but it was a passing reference. I think my husband sent it to me. It was a link, and when I read it, he said that if he bought the 15 inch 512 gig. MacBook Pro with all the dongles that he would need it, it would need it would be close to four thousand dollars for a laptop with the adapters. Mm-hmm. Now come on, what? I mean that is so. I mean, it's, how is that? No, it probably included Apple Care too. And, yeah, but that's no, still, but that's that, a lot. That's, that's a lot of money. A couple of thousand more. No. Yeah. Well, if you think, yeah, I don't know how. I, I have to what read the article, um, but. Still, let's see if I can find it while we're talking. But yeah, 
He must be talking about buying an external monitor, a bunch of other stuff. Well, I'm thinking probably, but they did slash the prices because after the backlash, which is unprecedented, I think, by Apple to slash prices so quickly. Yeah, they dropped the prices on the adapters and the LG monitors. Oh, the adapters, not on the computer. I know they didn't do that. Oh, gosh, no, on on the computer. Some people still don't want to spend $1,000 for a display when they can get one for four to six hundred dollars mm-hmm. that's just as good if not better yeah yep. and i my understanding is with the lg monitors you can't even get them until december mm-hmm. wow well yeah yeah you're right because if you get the 15 inch um it's starting at twenty two thousand seven hundred and ninety nine. so yeah. yeah so you're paying almost three grand right there mm-hmm so it's almost three grand for. So Mashable is saying that you better budget about two hundred dollars for the for the uh, dongs. Yeah. And you get the faster. Um, and this processor. guy, this guy Nate Swanner says that if you if you um, spec out your new MacBook Pro, yes, yeah, it's, it's over that. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be. I think he. It's four thousand two hundred and ninety-nine dollars. Yeah. Four hundred dollars if you want to go from a five twelve uh, gigabyte SSD to a one terabyte. Yeah. yeah. It's extra four hundred dollars, and you don't have a choice. You can't do it yourself. No, you can't because everything is soldered in there. Yeah. It used to be because remember the old power book. I mean, with the power book, I could put even more RAM in there and stuff, which wasn't bad. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, app that is a thing is, you know, you can do that with other laptops, not Apple, but you can't with Apple. But um, they said that Apple dropped the price of its own dongles for a limited time in response to the complaints. But, um, right. Wow. wow. $4,000. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I would be looking at the 13 inch. If I want to increase the memory from eight gig to 16, it's an extra 200. And again, an extra 400 to go up to a terabyte. So that would be, let me see, if I leave the processor alone and I add the memory and I add that, we are now at $2,600. Wait a minute. The one that that pays a price for 4299 only has this four. This is for the 13 inch. The one that, this is 15 inch. It only has four gigabytes of memory. I haven't even upgraded the memory. <laughs> God. I know. Yeah. So I just I just think that you know this it's going to be interesting when they it, it's going to be interesting to see that you know who buys it are are the pros still going to buy it regard irregardless of how much the adapters cost um, I don't know it, it's going to be inter- you know of course it's not there's no specs on the orders or anything yet. So I think it's just going to be interesting come the new year to see how popular the MacBook Pro really is. You know, maybe this is much ado about nothing, but I don't think so. Yeah. Vicki, that's 16 gigs of memory. It's four gigs of um, graphics memory. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, I'm just, maybe you should get a Mac Pro. That hasn't been updated in three years. Yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> hmm. so what do you think of iOS 10 itself? Well, we talked about the battery life being much better than the, uh, iOS 6. I think my battery life is absolutely terrible. 
I am not happy with. I you should have the six, though. Yeah. No, 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 no. I have the six S. Yeah, yeah, six S. But yeah. yeah, that might be that might be a um, a function of the phone because Vicky and I were saying with <laughs> our sixes and success that we had terrible battery life too. <laughs> but so far on the seven, it's been okay. Yeah, I think with me. Um, it eats a lot of battery because I listen to Overcast. And with Overcast, I listen at faster speed, mm-hmm. and that does eat battery. Well, it's almost noon here now, and um, I barely use my phone. Uh, usually this morning to look at emails and stuff like that, and it's at 97%. My iPhone 6S by now would have been at maybe 70%. Six. No, no, I'm sorry. I had the six plus, not the six S. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it's been on standby for seven and a half hours, and it's been used for two hours and sixteen minutes. And some of that was like forty minutes at the gym this morning using Overcast. Yeah. Did you still use the lift to um, wake up? Yes. Yeah. So I do too. So. Yeah. But I find the home button. I have it on three. I barely touch it and it opens. Yeah, I don't like that. I have it on it's, one. It's too sensitive. Well, you yeah, can change that in settings. I like the fact that they let it you is. get rid of the some of the darn stock uh, stock apps that they have. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was nice. Except they don't let you get rid of activity. <laughs> I can't yeah. get rid of activity. I'm like, I want that off. So I put it in my oh. junk app folder. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a junkie in terms of space, and I like to look and see I have a lot of space. And so I don't put hardly anything on it other than the stuff I absolutely use. If I don't use something in a while, I delete it off. And I got all my music on here, and I got tons of space left. The thing I do like about iOS 10 is um, my husband travels quite a bit. So if he just puts his flight number in a text message, then it does the – with the – peek and pop you know the 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 touch so basically i can immediately it gives me a preview of his flight so where it is if there's delays or whatever i really like that very much so i i don't even have to do anything It 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 forms a window right there the other thing i like is that say for instance elisa you text me right now and it comes on my uh home screen is that i don't really i can just go ahead and select that text and just press it and then I can reply to you. So I, I mean, I, right. I think they did some really nice features and also um, parking my car um, when I was bringing uh, my friends around in Dallas and stuff, you know, sometimes in your parking garage, I really like that too. The only problem is, is if your parking garage has no phone service. So <laughs> I had a couple yeah. times I had to take a picture, but that is really nice. And the unsubscribe for mailing lists. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I like the fact that if you're in the mail app and you get a an email from a mailing list, you have an option to unsubscribe and it'll unsubscribe for you. I think that's pretty cool. Now, speaking of mail, I have it set up on my iPad as push, mm-hmm. but I have it manual on my phone because I don't want email downloading when I'm out and about. So I have it, if you, know, if you look into the mail settings, everything is off and it's set for manual. Yet when I go onto Wi-Fi, sometimes it just downloads. I'll hear the ding and I'll look over and there's mail on my phone. Hmm. And I'll double check my settings and everything is still off. Or quite often when I go into my parents' house because I'm on their Wi-Fi, mm. uh, boom, it just starts downloading. 
and I check my settings again and nothing has changed. Everything is off. It's set up so that the only way mail downloads is for me to open the mail app. So, wait a minute. Always. Wait a minute. So you have it to fetch or push? I have it for manual. Oh, manual. Okay. Meaning I have to open mail, Mm -hmm. let the mail come down, look at what I need to look at, and then I close it. I don't just get out of it. I, you know, swipe up and I close it on my phone. It's never open on my phone. And every now and then, and there's no rhyme or reason. Sometimes I'm at my parents' house and all of a sudden my phone goes off. I'm like, what is going on here? I have all this mail. Or I could be in the house and I'll hear ding and it's on my phone. Hmm. Never had that happen with any other version. Well, I don't know. Because I I always... I like on Apple Music, you know... I don't know about you guys, but I, I love to listen to music and I love to sing. So I always thought it, there, there was a Who song called Living in Funk. <laughs> Living in Funk. And then my husband looked at me and he said, Suzanne, it's Eminence Front. I said, no, it's Living in Funk. Well, they have, oh, Eminence Front. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it, no, it was Living in Funk. I know it was Living in Funk. So I, I checked the lyrics and it's like, oh, you're right. You're absolutely right. Well, the other night we were out and we were singing. And they, I think it's Manford Man. It was, um, what is this? It was Blinded by the Light. And I always thought yeah. wrapped up like a douche. And Mike right. looked at me and he said, no, it's Deuce. And so I went Deuce. to my Apple and I looked up the lyrics. But see, Bruce Springsteen, I think, enunciates it more because I think he wrote the song. But Manford Man makes a sound. And my son agreed. It's it's like wrapped up like a douche in the middle of the <laughs> So I well, love the lyrics like, uh... function because it's, it's making me learn all these lyrics and these old songs. Is it like is it like Creedence Clearwater Revival? There's the bathroom on the right. <laughs> I hadn't heard that one before. Yeah, yeah the bad moon, ri- yeah, I, bad moon rising. I lo- there's the bathroom. On oh the right. no, I did. I, at least I knew that was there's the bad moon on the right. But yeah, I I could have sworn that. So anyway, I love the lyric function. Thank you, Apple. That's awesome. Because Shazam, I think, had that for a while. But they still have it. But um, I, I love having the lyrics because, you know, I guess I make a lot of mistakes when I'm singing. <laughs> or as my, no, you didn't make a mistake. As my husband says, they changed the lyrics on me. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one, too. Mm-hmm. He'll, be, he'll, be sing, he'll be singing along and I look at him like, yeah. uh, no. And he'll go, they changed the lyrics on me. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> because I'm looking right now, and it's really great. So how you get to lyrics is that if you have um, Apple Music, you just tap the three little dots on the bottom of the screen, and it'll, it'll if it has the lyrics, it'll, sh- it'll um, give you the option to uh, love it, l- dislike it, add it to your library, add it to the playlist, create station, share song, or the lyrics. So I'm very happy with that. So... I think they did some really nice things. You know, as far as the the little gimmicks, and I do call them gimmicks because I do think they are gimmicks, with the emojis and with the uh, Emma, um, when you're texting and, you know, you can replace it with an emoji or you can um, put stickers and stuff. I don't use that all that often. I do use mm-hmm. their... Um, their gifts, though, they have some really funny ones, the face palms. I really like those. When you're sending a message, you can just reply with a gift, which is great. 
One thing going back to Apple Music that I just discovered, which I know is old news for many people, thing that irritated me listening on my phone is that it would shuffle. Oh, and yes. I don't want to shuffle. I wanted everything in order. I agree you with you. you know, when you hit the shuffle all button, yeah. you think that if you hit it once, it turns on, hit it once, it turns it off, no. turn it off again, it turns it off. It doesn't. It just keeps shuffling it again. So you have to go into the actual song yes. and scroll up, and then you will see underneath the lyrics, it'll say up next, and then they'll have a shuffle button next to it. And there you can turn it on or off. Thank you for mentioning that because that, that drove me crazy. Yes, that irritated me too. And I'm thinking, why is this shuffling? I know I don't have shuffle on. No, I agree with you. Yeah, that was good. Shuffle along. <laughs> you know, the other thing that's been very helpful, especially because I write um, to friends via email and in, um, in France, um, is that with iOS 10, if you have other keyboards installed, like if you have uh, a French keyboard or you have a German keyboard, it's great because it will does that predictive typing for you when you're typing and sometimes it will offer you the French word, whatever keyboard you have installed. So it'll give me mm-hmm. French words, even though I'm writing in English. But if you're writing in French, it gives you all the predictive words in French that you can select. And it almost does like this really cool translation for you. It knows exactly what word, you know, what uh, format, whether it's a two or it's, if it's a vu or new, I'm really impressed with that. I'm very, very yeah, happy good. did that. It's a fabulous feature, fabulous feature. So you can text better than you can speak. Yeah, Instead yeah. of the opposite, you know. <laughs> exactly. Well, they did, they did some nice, mm-hmm. nice changes with that. Okay. Anything else that you'd like to add before we wrap up? Well, I'd like to get some listener opinions who have the success because I know, and it's the six S, not success. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of lyrics, um, because I know with the iPhone six people running into battery problems. And so I just wanted to relate to them that my husband who has a six S and my son and myself, it, just randomly shuts down the phone when the phone is either got about 30 or about 20 percent of battery life and it's really irritating i was telling elisa and vicky that the other day i was using siri and my phone completely shut down and it had 40 percent so i you know pressed the home button and the charging excuse me, uh, cable icon came up and I'm thinking, no, I have 40% on this. It just doesn't need to be recharged. So I did a hard reset and by pushing the on off and the home button and it came back. And then when Siri went back, it went dead again. So I brought it to an Apple store and unfortunately it was a, you know, close to a, a four and a half hour wait to see the genius bar so they could do a diagnostic on it. But when I was telling somebody else that, they said, oh, yeah, my success does it all the time. Once it gets to like 23%, it completely shuts down. Mm-hmm. So if other listeners are having this issue, could you just send us, an, uh, pop us an email or a tweet um, or um, a comment in the comment section? Just let us know that you're experiencing that too because this is just really irritating. Uh, you know, I was attributing it to iOS 10, but, I, you know, I'm not sure. I'm absolutely not sure. I'm not sure if, if it is a success, like uh, Elisa was saying, a hardware issue, or if it's an iOS issue. So 
That's all I have to say. So I'll, I'll have to bring. I'm bringing in tomorrow for a battery diagnostic. So to get a hold of us and to answer Suze's question, just go to threegeekyladies.com with the number three spelled out. You will find our Twitter information, Facebook group, our Google Plus community. Uh, you can let us know there. Uh, anything else that you'd like to add or show suggestions, uh, iTunes reviews are much appreciated because it helps other people find the podcast. So with that, I'd like to say thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bouchards, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. Every month I gather together a panel of Apple followers and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a 40,000 foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.lets-talk.ie.